Thank you, Drew, for reading our scripture. I guess that was unfair to ask Drew to read that many verses tonight. I guess I should have just asked him to preach as well. But I appreciate Drew and the great job that he did. And we're grateful that you're here tonight. We're very thankful that we have the opportunity to be back together. And it is our prayer that the time that we spend together on Sunday evening will benefit us. We are very grateful for the opportunity that we have to come together to worship God in spirit and in truth. And we're very thankful for those who visit us on a regular basis. We want you to know that we do count you as an honored guest. We invite you to come back at every opportunity that you have. We are looking tonight at Luke 14, verses 25 through 33. And the question that we're going to be asking tonight is a very simple question, and yet in some respects, it is a very profound question. And that is, do you have what it takes to be a disciple of Jesus? Before you answer that question, you need to think about all of the implications associated with being a follower of Jesus. There is much more to being a follower of Jesus than simply saying, I want to follow the Lord, or I want to live for the Lord. Becoming a follower, a disciple of Jesus, is a life-changing decision. And sadly, I think many people in the world today, and some even in the church, have failed to count the cost associated with being a disciple of Jesus. And so tonight, in our study, we're going to be asking this question. Do you have what it takes to be a disciple of Jesus? Of Jesus. You know, there are a lot of people in our world today that would like to be a world-class athlete. The fact of the matter is, not everyone has world-class talent. And then there are those that have tremendous athletic ability, but they don't have any heart. They don't have any desire. They're not willing to put the time and effort in to be the best of the best. There are many people that would like to excel in academics. And they would, love to, they would love to go to some of the finest universities that are in our land. And they would like nothing more than to have a prestigious degree from a certain university. And maybe they are gifted, academically speaking. But sadly, they're not willing to put the time and effort into what it takes to be a first-class student. There are many things in life that we would, no doubt, like to have fall into place and come our way. The question is, are we willing to pay the price? Many of us are familiar with that branch of service called the Marines. I had a friend of mine who is now deceased. He, He had the opportunity to serve in the Marine Corps. He taught rifle training at Paris Island. He served at Iwo Jima. And I used to say that even in his 70s, he could have eaten bark off of a tree. I'm telling you, this guy was tough. He was something else. Not just anyone can be a Marine. That slogan, the few, the proud, the Marines. Before you sign on that dotted line, you better make sure that you're ready to pay the price. 
By the same token, to be a child of God, to be a disciple of Jesus, entails a lot. And it may be the case that many of us have never really thought about the implications of being a disciple of Jesus. And so in Luke chapter 14, Jesus sets forth the criterion for discipleship. And really what He does in this text is ask the question, do you have what it takes to be my disciple? I want to begin tonight by first of all noting the fact that there is a choice. Christianity involves a choice, doesn't it? We can't coerce somebody into being a disciple. We can't put pressure on somebody. Now sometimes people try to pressure others into becoming a child of God. We can seek to persuade, to encourage, but we don't want to, co to, to coerce. We don't want to try to pressure somebody into doing something that they don't want to do. And so when we think about this choice that's involved, typically we talk about the fact that we are, we are people of free will. We have the opportunity to, to choose, don't we? So with that in mind, listen to what is said in Luke chapter 14, verse 25. Great multitudes went with him, and he said to them, If anyone comes to me, it seems to me that wherever Jesus was during the first century, great crowds accompanied Him. It's not, well, the fact of the matter is, Jesus often drew crowds of people. And no doubt they wanted to be in the presence of the One who had a life-changing, life-altering message. There were many people in the first century, they followed Him because of the signs, the miracles that He performed. They wanted to be in the presence of Jesus, the Nazarene. So here we have great multitudes following Jesus. And I want you to listen to what Jesus says. If anyone comes after me, what about the scope of the call? Well, Jesus here tells us that we have the privilege, the opportunity, the right to choose, don't we? We are not robots, but rather we have the opportunity of our own free will, our own volition, to decide whether or not we're going to follow Jesus. Over and over again in the Scriptures, you'll hear Jesus saying, if anyone or if any man will come after me. I think about it in Matthew chapter 11. In verse 28, when Jesus said, Come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden. Was Jesus interested in people becoming His disciples? Absolutely. Did the Lord Jesus want people to follow Him, to live for Him, to learn about Him? Yes. Over and over again, Jesus, we find Jesus pleading with people and speaking the wonderful words of life. But the bottom line... The truth of the matter is, Jesus wanted people to follow Him because they wanted to follow Him. It was an open invitation. It is an open invitation today, isn't it? When we preach, when we teach the gospel again, we're not trying to coerce. We're not trying to force somebody into doing something that they don't want to do. 
But rather we're simply saying, look, the Lord Jesus Christ came, lived, and died for your sins. God would have all men to be saved, to come to the knowledge of the truth. God wants you to be one of His children, but hey, it's your choice. You have to decide. So I think about the scope of the call. But then add to that, not just the scope of the call, but the straightforwardness of the call. And here's what, here's what I want you to see. The Lord Jesus Christ was very straightforward in His preaching and teaching. In His presentation of the truth, He was, as we would say, a straight shooter. He simply told it like it was, didn't He? The Lord Jesus didn't mince words. He didn't try to conceal what He was trying to say. There was no, there was no hidden agenda. But rather, Jesus was very frank, forthright, clear. I mean, young people could understand what He had to say. They could understand it then, they can understand it now. So what about the straightforwardness of the call? Well, listen to what Jesus said. If anyone comes to me and does not hate or love less his father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, yes, and his own life also. He cannot be my disciple. Now, I want you to see something here. Three times in this text, in verse 26, Jesus sets forth the criterion for discipleship. And basically what he says is, look, if you're not willing to meet this criterion, if you can't measure up here, you cannot be my disciple. Verse 26. In verse 27, again, he said, you cannot be my disciple. Listen to him in verse 33. He says, you cannot be my disciple. Is Jesus trying? Is he trying to suppress discipleship? Is he trying to close the door and say, you know what? You really don't want to follow me. I don't think that's the case. But I think what he is saying is, before you sign on the dotted line, before you decide to become a follower of mine, you need to understand that there is a criterion that you have to be willing to meet. And if you're not willing to meet this criterion, then let me just tell you right up front, let's not, let's not, have, any, let's not have any kind of misunderstanding between us. If you're not willing to meet this criterion, you cannot be my disciple. How's that? For being, as we would say, politically incorrect. Isn't it the case that in our day and time, we try to sugarcoat the message? And many times we really don't conceal the whole truth. We hold back or we try to suppress the whole package. Jesus didn't do that. And then I think about how Many times in our world today, when we're selling a product or a service, we'll talk about the benefits and the blessings of this service or this product, but then when it comes to possibly some of the side effects or some of the problems associated with this product or service, what do we do? Well, in very small, fine print, we have what we call a disclaimer. Let me tell you what, Jesus didn't do that. He didn't pull any punches. 
And right off the bat, Jesus says, look, if you want to follow me, you need to understand something. You're going to have to be willing to put me before any and everyone. How's that? You want to be my disciple? You want to be a follower of me? Then let me just tell you where the, where the rubber meets the road. You're going to have to be willing to put me ahead of your own family members. Listen to him. If anyone comes to me and does not hate or love less his father and mother. Now how many times have we heard somebody say, I would be a Christian, but if I become a Christian, my mother or my father would disown me. Well, listen, we love our parents, and we want to please our parents, but what Jesus is saying is, if you love them more than you love me, you cannot be my disciple. I knew a lady many years ago, she was not a member of the church. She was very faithful to attend our evening services. And she was a fine lady. She was married to a Christian man. At that point in time, he was deceased. Her sister-in-law was a member of the church where I was preaching. Her sister-in-law, very faithful to attend all the services. And so this lady would come every Sunday night, and she studied with a friend of mine. And he said, after a series of studies, when it came down to crunch time, to make a decision, okay, I'm either going to become a Christian or I'm not. Here's what she said. I made a deathbed promise to my mother that I would not become a member of the church. What was it Jesus said? If anyone comes to me and does not love less his father or mother, he cannot be my disciple. Do you know why she couldn't become a member of the Lord's church? Do you know why she couldn't obey the gospel of Jesus Christ? She had more allegiance to her mama than she did the Lord. And somebody says, that's awfully hard. Yes, it is. And I wonder how many of us understand the full import of discipleship. Let me just ask you to turn with me to Matthew chapter 10 for a minute. Look at Matthew 10. I mentioned a minute ago that Jesus was very straightforward in His call. In chapter, in chapter 10 of the book of Matthew, we have Jesus sending the apostles out on the limited commission. And so as He sends them out, He said in verse 16, I send you out as sheep in the midst of wolves. Be wise as serpents and harmless as doves. Listen to Him down in, 20, in verse 21 as He talks about what they're going to face as his disciples. He said, brother will deliver up brother to death and a father his child. Children will rise up against parents and cause them to be put to death. Verse 22, he said, you will be hated by all for my name's sake. In verse 23, he said, they will persecute you. What's the Lord saying here? He's saying, let me tell you what, when you go out into the highways and byways and begin to teach about the kingdom of God, you need to understand you're going to be facing some hostility out there. There will be people that will not like what they hear. But he said, do not fear them, verse 26. Verse 28, he said again, do not fear them. Verse 31, again, Jesus said, do not fear them. Now note if you would, verse 34. 
Jesus said, do not think that I, that, I came to be, that I came to bring peace on earth. He said, I came not to bring peace, but a sword. A sword in this context separates, doesn't it? As we would say, the wheat from the chaff. All right, so listen to what he said. I have come to set a man against his father, a daughter against her mother, a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. A man's foes will be those of his own household. Now look at verse 37. Jesus said, He who loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. He who loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. The Lord's saying here, look, if you love your family members more than me, you can't be my disciple. You need to understand something. If you're going to be my disciple, if you're going to be all in when it comes to discipleship, then you've got to love me more than you love anything. You've got to love me more than you love anyone. Let me just say something very quickly. I know that we've got a lot of young folks here tonight. And some of you guys are going to be getting married in, in a few years. Some probably sooner than others. And I would say to you tonight... When you choose a mate, choose a Christian. Do not marry anyone outside the Lord's church. Somebody says, well, why is that? Why is it that someone would even consider marrying outside the Lord's church? Let me tell you what, you can marry outside the church. You can marry a non-Christian, but I can tell you this, they will make your life they will make your life miserable. Amos said many years ago, can two walk together except they be agreed? You're trying to go to heaven. And they're living in the world. And here you are trying to live right, do right, and what are they doing? They're doing their dead level best to bring you in the opposite direction. You better marry a Christian. If you don't marry a Christian, you are inviting hardship and heartache into your home. I promise you that. Now, I know that there are some who would say, well, you don't understand. I married a non-Christian, and they're a Christian today. And God bless you for that. That's great. But for every success story, there is a story on the flip side. There's somebody out here who married outside the church, who didn't marry a Christian, and let me tell you what, their mate fights them on every single thing. Don't marry a non-Christian. That ought to be a prerequisite. You want to, be, you want to be my boyfriend, my girlfriend? You want to be my fiance? Then let me tell you what, right up front, here is the criterion. You've got to be a member of the Lord's church. That ought to be crystal clear. And as parents, we ought to, man, we ought to say, we ought to tell our children, look, you don't, even need to, you don't even need to think about marrying somebody outside the church. Listen again to Amos. Can two walk together except they be agreed? Now, sometimes people say, well, you know what? I'm strong spiritually. Well, wonderful. I'm happy for you. But let me tell you what. You marry somebody outside the Lord's church and they will do everything they can to bring you down as a child of God. Now some, some may not try to undermine your faith. But there are plenty out there that, that do try to undermine the faith of God's people. 
Here's what Paul said, 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Paul said, be not deceived, evil companionship corrupts good morals. Jesus here is talking about discipleship. And look again at Luke chapter 14. In Luke 14, Jesus said, If anyone comes to me and does not hate or love less his father, his mother, his wife, his children, his brothers and sisters, yes, even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. All right, let's just say you marry outside the church. And now you've got an unbelieving husband, an unbelieving wife. You get ready to go to to services. You get ready to go to Bible study. And here's what they say. Why do you want to go to Bible study at night? Why do you want to go to worship tonight? Why not stay home? Just stay home with me. Let's watch television together. Let's have family time together. Why is that? Because you're not on the same wavelength. You're not walking together. And Jesus is saying, look, you need to understand something. To be a disciple of mine is not an easy road. And you're going to need all the help that you can get. You're going to need an ally, not an adversary. That ally is a child of God, somebody who's going to stand with you, who's going to stand beside you and behind you and push you. Don't you want to go to heaven? I mean, think about our young folks. They want to go to heaven. We want to go to heaven. If we want to go to heaven, don't you think it would stand to reason that we want somebody that's going to help us achieve that goal? Just seemed reasonable to me. So I think about first and foremost, there is a choice. But then there's a second thing. Jesus said, there's a choice. But then secondly, there is a cross. What does a cross signify? A cross signifies death, doesn't it? When Jesus bore that cross toward Calvary's hill, you remember the Bible says that he fell beneath that cross. They compelled a man by the name of Simon to bear his cross. Jesus was later put to death on that cross. And what Jesus is saying here is, if you want to be a disciple of mine, you want to be my follower, you need to understand that it involves a cross, and a cross signifies death. So listen to what he has to say. Verse 27, whoever does not bear his cross, well, back up and look at verse 26. Jesus said, if anyone comes to me, does not hate or love less, father, mother, wife, children, brothers and sisters, yes, even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. Whoever does not bear his cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. The Lord Jesus is saying, unless you're willing to put to death some things, you cannot be my disciple. So what's he talking about? What's he saying that I have to be willing to put to death? Number one, Jesus said, you've got to be willing to die to self. Listen to him. He said, if anyone comes to me and does not love less, his own life, he can't be my disciple. Look at verse 27. Whoever does not bear his cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. Verse 33. So likewise, whoever of you does not forsake all that he has cannot be my disciple. Now we live in a very selfish age, don't we? 
What Jesus is saying is, if you want to be a follower of mine, you have to become selfless. What was it he said? Matthew 16, verse 24. If any man comes after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. We live in the me generation. It's all about me, isn't it? I mean, isn't that true? I mean, when we watch television and see ads on television, aren't they trying to tell us it's all about you? This product, this service, this car, this type of clothing, this type of food, whatever. You need it. Why? Because it's all about you. We live in a very selfish age. And Jesus is saying right up front, let me, let me just say it. You want to be His follower? You want to be His disciple? Wonderful. If you want to be His disciple, then that means you've got to put to death self. Easier said than done. You've got to be willing to die to self. It's no longer about you. It can't be about you. The world doesn't revolve around you. That's what Jesus is saying. He's saying you've got to replace the hub of your life with whom? With me. Jesus is saying everything's going to revolve around me. I'm going to be the central point, the central figure in your life. If I'm not the central figure, hey, look, you can't be my disciple. Now think about that for a minute. It's almost as if Jesus is saying right up front, look, you don't want to be one of my disciples, do you? You, you really don't want to follow me. Why? Because you're going to have to die to self. And to die to self is going to cost you immensely. Remember what Paul said? Galatians 6 verse 14, God forbid that I should glory, save in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom the world is crucified to me, and I under the world. When we obey the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Bible says that we are to die to the love and the practice of sin. We're to die to self. Have you died to self? If it's all about you, you can't be a disciple of Jesus. Let me tell you what, if it's all about you, you're not a disciple of Jesus in terms of faithfulness. Jesus said you've got to be willing to die to self, and then you've got to be willing to die to sin. Romans 6, verse 3, Know ye not that all we who are baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into His death. You know what that means? When you become a child of God, you can't keep drinking alcohol. You can't have beer in your refrigerator. You can't have whiskey in your cabinet. You can't take social drinks. Why? Because you're a child of, you're a child of the king. You can't be drinking. You can't be smoking pot or smoking weed. You think a child of, do you think a disciple of Jesus Christ has the right to drink alcohol and smoke weed? Absolutely not. Now we may have some folks in the church that think they're disciples of Jesus and they're still drinking and they're still taking drugs, but I got news for you. You're not going to heaven. You can't go to heaven. Oh no. You want to be a, you want to be a disciple of Jesus Christ? It's called the straight and narrow road. We need to be up front with people. We need to let people know right up front there is an expectation. The expectation is when you become a child of God, you're not going to drink alcohol. You're not going to be using drugs. You're not going to engage in sexually immoral behavior. 
You can't be shacking up as a child of God. Oh no, you can't do that. Why? Because you belong to Jesus. And the Bible says, fornicators and adulterers, God will judge. Can't be doing that. You can't keep lying. If you're lying as a child of God, you have not put sin to death in your life. You can't gossip. You can't steal. You can't use profanity. You want to cuss? Go back out in the world. The world is full of people like that. Look, Jesus is saying, if you want to be my disciple, you've got to die to self, and you've got to be willing to die to sin. I think we've been too easy preaching and teaching lately in the Lord's church. I really do. I'm not so sure that I have been as hard as I should be sometimes. Maybe I have... Maybe I have failed to be harder than I should be. I think we need to be balanced. And I, thought, I think I've done my best to be balanced and to present the truth in a kind and loving way. But I think maybe, just maybe, just maybe, I need to be more plain in telling people what the Lord expects. I think we've got a lot of folks think that the Lord's going to let them buy on less than what He demands. Let me tell you what, that will not work. You want to be a disciple of Jesus, you need to understand something. When you sign on that line, you are giving your life to the Lord Jesus Christ. And you better be willing to die to self You better be willing to die to sin. And let me tell you what, we have a lot of folks in the Lord's church that have yet to die to self and they haven't died to sin. So let me ask this question. Will they go to heaven? What do you think? You're out here living in the world and you say you're a follower of Jesus? And you come on Sunday and you sing, Oh, how I love Jesus, and then you go right back out into the world and live like you want. Do you really think you're going to heaven? Some of the folks that were here this morning that aren't back tonight, I wonder why that is. Why, why is it that there is always about a hundred people? How, why is it that we're about a hundred people short? On Sunday night as opposed to Sunday morning. Why is that? Could I tell you? I know some folks have to work. Some people don't like to drive at night. I understand that. But let me just tell you the hard truth. Some people aren't back because they don't want to be back. And to just put it down to where we can all understand it, they just don't care. So if you don't care... You're going to go to heaven? Jesus said, seek first. That means before anything else. Seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. If you're not seeking first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, are you going to go to heaven? Good question, isn't it? 
It's a tough question. Is it possible that in the Lord's church, we've been so busy playing church that we've forgotten what it means to be the church? You think that's possible? I think it is. Matter of fact, I think that some of us, we've been so busy playing church, we've forgotten what it means to be a member of the church. We don't have any devotion to the Lord. We don't have any dedication to the Lord. The fact of the matter is, we really just don't care. That's the hard truth. We just got some folks, they just don't care. Would that be you? Do you care? The cross involves death. Three times Jesus said, you cannot be my disciple. If you don't make the right choice, you can't be. If you're not willing to bear the cross, you can't be his disciple. There's a cost. Listen to what Jesus said. We talk about the, the cost. We talk about the cost in verse 28 beginning. What Jesus is going to say is you need to count the cost. Listen to him. Which of you intending to build a tower does not sit down first and count the cost, whether he has enough to finish it? Lest after he has laid the foundation and is not able to finish it, all who see it begin to mock him, saying, This man began to build and was not able to finish. Imagine somebody wanting to build a house. They lay the foundation. They've got all kinds of supplies out in the yard. And then they run out of money. Don't you need to make sure you got your financing in order before you build a house? Sure you do. That's what Jesus is saying. He's saying, before you sign on the dotted line, you better count the cost. What's it going to cost you to become my disciple? Well, you need to think about it. You need to think about what it means to be a child of God. Now, listen to what he says. What king going to make war against another king does not sit down first and consider whether he is able with 10,000 to meet him who comes against him with 20,000? Or else, while the other is still a great way off, he sends a delegation and asks for conditions of peace. Here's a guy, he's going he's to go to war. He's a general. He's got 10,000 foot soldiers. Going up against a guy who's got 20,000, all right? Before I go to battle, I better make sure that with my 10,000, I can meet the guy that's got 20,000. What's the Lord saying here? He's saying, before you become a child of God, before you sign on the dotted line, become one of my disciples, you need to count the cost. Have you counted the cost? Two things here. Number one, Jesus is saying the cost of discipleship is not easy. Now we talk about cheap grace. Is it possible we've been preaching and teaching cheap discipleship? This idea, the Lord doesn't demand anything out of you. Let me tell you what, the Lord Jesus Christ is very, very, very demanding. He wants you to know, if you can't, if you can't meet my criteria, you can't be my disciple. If you're not willing to meet the prerequisites of discipleship, hey, do yourself a favor. Do not even enlist in, in the army. If somebody told me today that they were going to join the Marines. They said, you know what, I'm going to go down this week, sign on the dotted line, and I, because I want to be a Marine. 
I'd say, let me tell you what, before you sign on that dotted line, you better understand what all's involved. Before somebody says, I want to become a child of God, they need to understand it's not an easy road. Matthew chapter 10, didn't Jesus tell the disciples, I send you out as sheep in the midst of wolves? He said, they're going to hate you, they're going to persecute you. Paul said, endure hardship as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. Paul would say, fight the good fight of faith. Let me tell you what, it's not easy being a disciple of Jesus. It's not easy living in a world filled with sin and unrighteousness. It's not easy to maintain faithfulness. You need to understand that right up front. If you're going to be my disciple, you need to understand right up front, it will not be easy. Now here's the second thing. Not only is it not easy, but discipleship is not for everyone. You got that? It's not for everyone. I'd rather you tell me right up front, you know what, I just can't meet the criterion laid out by the Lord. I can't do it. Just tell me. That, I mean, think about it. That's what Jesus is saying. He's saying not everyone is cut out to be a disciple. Why? Because they're not willing to pay the price. I would much rather have somebody who is honest who would stand up and say, you know what, I just can't cut the mustard. I'd much rather have somebody like that. And somebody that says, you know what, I want to be a child of God, but I'm going to keep doing my own thing. Let me tell you what, not, not from the Lord's perspective. Not so. And the Lord Jesus is saying, you can't be my disciple if you're not willing to meet this criterion. It's not for everybody. You might be here tonight and you've been thinking about becoming a Christian. Maybe you're a Christian. Maybe you would identify with what the Lord said in, in Revelation chapter 2 as being lukewarm or Revelation chapter 3. Maybe you left your first love. Maybe you're dead spiritually. Whatever the case may be. Maybe you thought you wanted to be a disciple. But the hard truth of the matter is you're really not willing to pay the price. Wouldn't it be better to just be honest? You'll say, you know what, it's not for me. The Lord is saying to people, you want to be one of my disciples, you need to understand something. It's going to cost you, it's going to cost you your life. Could I tell you why the church today is struggling? Could I tell you why individual congregations in the Lord's church are struggling? Why they're not growing like they should? Why they're not what they ought to be? Why they're not salt of the earth and light of the world, the light of the world. Because too many of us who belong to the body of Christ, we have not counted the cost. We are pseudo-disciples. We are disciples in name, but not in practice. We've been baptized into Christ, but we really didn't count the cost. And so because we didn't count the cost, we're right back out in the world. We live like the world, we act like the world, we talk like the world, we dress like the world. Let me just say it like this, we are the world. I mean, if it, if it walks like a duck, quacks like a duck, looks like a duck, it's a duck, isn't it? That's the bottom line. Look, I've gone overtime tonight. I didn't mean to, but I did. To be a disciple of Jesus is serious business. I want to close tonight by asking you this question. Do you have what it takes to be a disciple of Jesus? Either you do or you don't. 
If you don't, just be honest. If you're a disciple of Jesus, keep on keeping on. If you're here tonight and you're not a Christian, the terms of discipleship, very plain, very clear. Do you believe Jesus is the Son of God? Are you willing to repent of your sins? Would you be willing to confess His name before others? Would you be baptized into Christ so that all your sins could be washed away? Would you be faithful until death? If you're here tonight and you're a disciple, but you don't measure up, would you be willing to make a change? Would you be willing to change your life through repentance? If you're here tonight and you need to respond to heaven's invitation, we urge you to do so as we stand and sing.